Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Pretty good? I'm excited to be here with you this morning to share God's word with you. As it encourages me, I pray that it encourages you. We've been going through the book of Nehemiah, God building up Jerusalem. They've been released from exile, and he's sending them back to their homeland, and he's establishing his people. And here at Radius Church, we believe that God has us here to help establish Dubuque and our Radius, where we're located at. There's a Dream Center that's going on. There's Radius Church. You have jobs. You have family. God wants you to be the one that builds up your radius. Say, build up my radius. It's not an easy thing to do. But the Bible says with God, nothing is what? Impossible. The question is, is do you believe it? Do you believe that God can do anything? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We see his majesty. We see his creation. We see each other. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. You're made in God's image. And we serve a great God. Right? We serve a great God. And the way we serve this great God and live for him is through his word. And this message today will be challenging for you. It will be challenging for me. But it is definitely worth it. It is a grind. It will continue to be a grind. It will be like you're on a treadmill running intervals. When you feel like you can't run another one, coach says, you got to run another one. But coach won't let you pass out. Will he? A good coach will not let you pass out. He knows how much you can handle. God is the master coach. And he will not allow you to pass out. And he going to push you, he going to push you, and he going to push you some more. Until you die. And go on to heaven if you are saved. If you're not saved, that's okay. We can talk about that too. But for those who know Jesus Christ, he has a plan for you. We always say here at Radius Church, everyone has a gift and a talent. And God wants to use it. We believe that you have to be connected to God's word for it to have the most impact. If you're not saved... God wants to save you, and he wants to use your gifts and talents to build up his kingdom right here in Dubuque, to build up your home, right, to build up your workplace, and it's all in his word. We know it's a daunting task. How can we do it? I'm just a, a human, but with God living in you, you're a superhuman. Because if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you to lead you, to guide you. God will give you energy, more energy than you can ever imagine. But you have to be connected to his what? Word. You know, they have all of this new age stuff about uh, mindset, motivation, all these things. You know what? 
I always tell people all the motivation I need is writing the word of God. Because he deals with the mind. He deals with the heart. He deals with the physical. The man that created all. So all the books you've read, all the self-help books, yeah, they're great. They're good. But who's the author of it all, really? It's God, because he created them, too. So we're going to look at, well, I want to go back a little bit. With Nehemiah, one thing I want y'all to focus on is that Nehemiah always trusted in God. Through his hard times in building the wall, when opposition was up against him, insults on his life. The Samaritans coming down from the hills, pushing up against them, not wanting them to build the wall to secure Jerusalem. He went to God. See, some of you this morning, you need to go to God. Because the enemy is chasing you. Your flesh is chasing you. The world is chasing you. Your circumstances got you weighed down. You trying to lift up. You're trying to build the wall. But the question is, are you in God's word? And are you going to him in prayer? See, he has all the power. Now, like I said, it's not easy because we get distracted with good or bad things, right? I got to go to work. I got my kids. I got my cousins. I got my mom. I got my uncle. All these different circumstances in life, my health, you name it. But that's when you got to get in the word. That's when coach says, I need one more 400 from you. You done ran five. And they tied. Coach, I can't do Coach, I can't go again. You're heaving. Your lungs burning. Coach said, get on the line. Because when it's game time, if it's the track meet and it's time to run that 400, guess what? You can do it. You've built up the endurance. You've been through the pain. You've been through the agony. And that's the Christian walk. Matthew 7 says that difficult and narrow is the way to eternal life. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He said narrow and difficult, but broad and wide is the way that leads to what? Destruction. And many will go. Many will go. So I want you to really be encouraged by this message. Because if you're on God's team, he got you. You just got to follow the directions the coach is giving you. And Nehemiah was good at that. He was really connected with the coach. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'm going to pray before we begin. Father God, I thank you for your word. Your word is amazing. It's awesome. The hardest part of your word, Lord, is putting it into action. Some of us know your word, but the question is, do we put it into action? May we put your word into action so we can see it come alive so those around us will see you in us for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're here in Nehemiah. The wall is built and things are looking good. God has restored them. The temple has been rebuilt. The wall is up. People feeling pretty good. Now what? Now what? Now, I want to remind you that the reason why they were in exile is because they had some issues with obeying God's word. So, God had the Babylonian Empire 
take them hostage. They became exiles. They were in captivity to the Babylonian Empire. And what caused them to get there was their disobedience. God told them not to marry certain people, not to serve idol gods. And they had some wicked kings. If you really want to understand the real backdrop of it all, go to the book of Kings and read. First Kings, Second Kings, and you'll see some wicked kings that didn't lead God's people the right way. So they were in exile, and this is like the second exodus. So Moses was the first to take them, the children of Israel out of what? Egypt, out of bondage. Now they're coming out of bondage again from the Babylonian Empire. So this is the second exodus that's happening here. And God says, we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the basics. I've, I've came through. I've helped you build the wall. And the people know it. They see what God has done. Now they're ready for the next step. The question is for our church here, are we ready for the next step? We have the Dream Center. We, we're meeting as a group of people. Are we ready for the next step? I hope we are. I think we are. You here gathered today. Now God wants us to put into action. Okay. Verse 1. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. So now that they're all in Jerusalem, they're all one accord. And they're gathered as one man, which means they're unified. The question is, as a church, are we unified? We have so many denominations, right, in Christianity. Some believe this, some believe that. And sometimes the world don't know what to believe. But can we as a local body here, Radius Church, become one? And be unified so the world can see what God is doing. So people in your work, in your workplace, in your family can see what God is doing. So we have to be one. We have to be unified. So as Anderson was saying before, we have to put ourselves in the back seat. It's time for Jesus to take the wheel. Not our flesh. Not the devil. Not the world. See, there's three things you better know about the devil, the world, and the flesh. If you let them drive, nope, let me, let me back up. If you let them ride, he'll want to drive, don't let him ride. Because your flesh will take over the wheel. Been there, done that. The world will take over the wheel. Television, the people you hang out with, social media. Huh? It'll take over your mind. You don't even know it. See, we have to be careful what we let in. Because the Bible says if we let darkness in, how deep is that darkness? How deep is it? But if we let light in, what's going to happen? People are going to see some light. Light, darkness. Is, there's no gray. It's either light or darkness. Because everything in the middle, eh, God don't want it. He said, I'd rather for you to be hot or cold. Correct? That's what he said in the book of Revelation. So let us be a church that's unified. Let's be hot. Let's not be cold. Let's be hot for Jesus. All right? And they told Ezra, 
the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So the book of the law of Moses is the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament, the Torah. God gave them the commandments so they would know how to live. There are a lot of commandments in the Bible. You've heard of the Ten Commandments. And the children of Israel had a big problem with one. That shall not have no other God before me. Now, we struggle with that, don't we? We may not be worshiping Baal or Buddha or whoever it may be. But some of us have calves, some goats, some in our lives. Right? And God wants them gone. Right? He does. So, and I can't go through the exhaustive list. But you get the ideal. And so the people said, bring the word. Because we're ready to go to the next level. See, when you're ready to go to the next level, then you're ready for God's word. You're ready to hear something, right? And so let's, let's take a look at that in Psalms 119. Psalm 119. Because this is where our heart has to be. Okay. Psalm 119, verse 11. Excuse me. Nope, I'm sorry. Still Psalm 119. We're going to go at to verse 105. And as we're focusing on God's word, verse 5 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So they're ready to figure out what's next, what they need to do. So the word declares, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you feel that way about God's word? Psalm 19, 119, go to verse 10. It says, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wonder from your commandments. So they're seeking God. They're asking for his word. And so Ezra is on the scene. Not sure if you all know much about Ezra, but he was a scribe. He was a priest. He was very diverse in God's word. He knew God's word. He used to actually write the law to keep copies of it. And so he was very versed in the word, know the word very well. And so they were calling for Ezra. Question for you. In your sphere of influence, 
If someone calls on you, are you ready to deliver God's word as Ezra was? Are you a person known to know God's word? If not, we got some work to do, right? Because, see, when you're trying to reach people and they're looking for answers, and if you, if your life is glorifying God and they see something different and they know you're a person they can go to and trust and they see the, God's word working in your life, they'll call on you. And God can what? Change that person's what? Life. So ask yourself a question. Are you an Ezra? See, nowadays we're all a part of God's priest. There's no such thing as a big time priest. He said we're his royal priesthood. Right? So you can actually go on behalf of somebody else to God for someone else. We are supposed to be his role, what? Priesthood. We have our connection through who? Jesus Christ, that we can talk to God the Father. We don't need a priest. God wants all us to be priests. Then everybody can be touched. Rather than waiting on Sunday morning, I got to go see the priest on Sunday morning. Is there, the question is, are there priests in the workplace? Is there priests in the homes? Are there priests on the football field? On the assembly line? See, God wants you to be an Ezra. You can be, but you got to do what? You got to know his word. You got to know his word. Back to Nehemiah, chapter 8. Verse 2. And so the people know they needed to the word so they would know how to live since God has just restored them. And so they would not turn back to their what? Wicked ways and be disobedient to God. So when God puts you in a good place and he's restoring your life, you need his word to be consistent, to continue to grow, right? It's God's word. And the thing is, you don't have to know all of it overnight. It's day by day, right? Week by week that you get to know who God is over time. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, right? It doesn't have to be overwhelming, Verse 2, so the priests brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday. I'm going to pause there. That's a lot of reading, ain't it? Some of us can't read 20 minutes without getting tired. <laughs> Telling on myself. <laughs> Unless I'm really focused, right? See, nowadays, you know, they didn't have, you know, 
our, the little phones, the iPhones and Facebook and Snapchat, they didn't have all these distractions, right? It would be hard for JJ or Anderson or any of you to get up here at like 6 a.m. in the morning and read until 12 <laughs> to read the law. Now, they was reading the first five books of the Bible, so it, it takes a while probably to read that, right? That's a lot of reading. How many of y'all can handle that? Six hours of reading. <laughs> hey, but they was attentive. They was ready. See, if God bring you out of a situation, out of exile, like he did they, for them, because they was under the rule of a, 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 a foreign country, you ready to listen. When everything was towed up, your family, you probably seen some family die. They was hungry. They didn't have food. Because when they put them sedge walls against the city and they locked it down, nothing could go in or come out unless that Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, said so. And they brought, trust me, they brought their idol gods with them too. So you think about it. Some of their family members could have possibly started serving what? Idol gods? And we know they already were serving idol gods. And even when they was in exile, God wanted them to still keep their commandments so he could show, they could show them who the true and living God was. Because he even told them to build houses, keep having kids, so my name can be proclaimed. In the midst of a pagan religion taking over them. So, yeah, to midday, wow, that's a, that's a long time. In the presence of the men and women and those who could understand, in the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the what? Law. They were attentive. They had long attention span. We have to learn how to get a long attention span for the Lord. Because if our attention span too short, we're going to miss something. See, God ready to do something, but our attention span too short. We got to have patience with God, right? It's called long suffering. It's called being faithful. It's patience. The fruits of the spirit. Self-control. You got to have self-control to sit there and to wait for God and to listen and to get in that Bible. It's to, it takes self-control when somebody calling you or your friends texting you, let's do this, let's do that. But God says, you got to get to know me. What's up? Or sometimes we might spend more TV time on TV than we do reading the Bible, you know. You know, in America, we love entertainment. I'm not saying entertainment is wrong. We love entertainment. We love that phone, right? But God wants us to be balanced with that. That's why I say it. it's like running a 400 when you don't want to run that 400 and it's the last one. Or it's like you got to do 100 burpees and you're at 50 and you got to keep going. Right? Now, let's turn to Joshua 1. Verse 8. Because God wants somebody to get a breakthrough, but it's going to take some hard work. God wants to prosper you. Who loves prosperity in their health? 
Raise your hand if you like if you want your health to be good. Prosperity on your job. Prosperity in your finances. Prosperity in your relationship. Prosperity in your spiritual walk with him. See, God ain't against prosperity. But you have to grind to get it. Some people have prospered and they have a lot of money, but they really don't care about God. And they're not using their prosperity right. Right? Some aren't, some aren't. Verse, start with verse 7. And this is when Joshua was commanded to take the children of Israel into the land of milk and honey. After Moses had died, he passed the baton. And Joshua had some difficulty coming ahead. We will have difficulty in, in this life. But God wants us to prosper through the difficulty, through the heartache, through the pain, through the joys. You know, this life is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, we're in the New Testament era, so we have to consider the whole Bible, the Old and the New Testament. The Old and the New, they both work together. It says, do not turn from it to the right hand. Or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. If you want success, what do you have to do? We got to be in God's word. We have to obey his commands. And if sometimes if we're not experiencing success, it's because we're turning to the right, right? Or we're turning to the left. It's conditional. It ain't just he going to do it. See, God don't work like that. He might provide your basic, basic, basic needs. But to get to that prosperity level, like those things you want to give your kids, but they ain't ready yet, or you can't trust them, and you're like, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh, you got some growing to do. God is the same way. He can't make us a manager or overseer over a lot if we can't do the small things. God got to trust people, right? He wants to trust us. So God said, hey, here's an opportunity. This is a positive message. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. What are you going to do with it, God says. See, one thing I learned about God is he says he's not worried about what you did yesterday or last week. What are you doing for me today? It's always today. His mercies are renewed every day. It's about today. It ain't about yesterday. See, the sins you committed yesterday... If you ask for forgiveness, the Bible says he remembers them no more, and he casts them in the sea. Or he, remo- he removes your sins as far as east from the west. He moves them. He's not focused on that. It's about today. Right? That's the mindset you have to have. But, yes, your flesh will come against you, the world will come against you, and the enemy, will Satan, will come against you to accuse you of your sins, to put them in your face, to make you guilty. To make you mentally start tripping. That old rap song you just listened to way back when I wasn't a Christian. My mind playing tricks on me. Y'all, y'all remember that? <laughs> Two, was that Scarface? Yeah. That's a real saying. My mind playing tricks on me. God don't want your mind playing tricks on you. 
Now let me show you how you're going to beat it. Here's the action. Here's the action. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all. He didn't say some. Man, isn't that a challenge? Man, they just remind me and I used to be in the weight room. Of course, got one more set. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm done now. I'm done today. <laughs> got four sets and I do three. Three sets of ten rather than uh, four sets of ten, right? That's cheating the system. That's not integrity. See, God looking for integrity. He looking for people that just going to grind through it, right? That's going to push through. It's just going to keep on going like Nehemiah did. He kept building the wall. They was talking about, man, we're going to kill you if you don't stop building that wall. Oh, the foxes will get up on that wall and knock it down. Y'all think y'all going to finish that wall in one day? Y'all remember that in chapter 4? But Nehemiah just kept building. He didn't care. He blocked them out. See, you have to learn how to block people out of your life. See, some of you, you need to make your circle smaller. You got to get the right people in your circle. They got to be positive. They got to be lifting you up. If somebody's bringing you down, get them out of there. Get them out, get them out, get them out. Because God is building you, and then you'll be able to help them. Right? Meditate day and night. That's a lot of work, ain't it? How do I meditate day and night, Lord? I got, I got diapers to change. I got, uh, I got to go to work this morning. My boss asked me for all these reports. I got to do this, that, and other. A thousand things I got to do, right? How do we meditate? Because we simply, we talk to God during those times. When you feel that stress, meditate, right? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Maybe that's your one verse for the day, right? Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you, says the Lord. Right? 1 Peter 5, 7. See, it's those small things of knowing God's word, when it's in you, it's going to come out of you. And you can have scriptures that helps you through the day. If you've got a lot of stress, he said, if your mind is stayed on thee, he keeps thee in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee? But it takes work. It's mental. I think about Michael Jordan because he's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Um, if you're a Jordan hater, you know you got to back up right now. <laughs> but this dude, he was committed to getting better. He barely made, I think, the basketball team in high school. They thought he wasn't going to be good. But he kept at it. He, he had tenacity. He just kept shooting over and over again. Repetition. This is not easy stuff. But it's, the question is, is how bad do you want it? If you don't want it bad enough, God will get you to a place where you want it <laughs> bad enough. Circumstances of life will get you there. You'll be hungry for it. You'll be thirsty for that word, right? And that's not a bad thing. Verse 9, again, I mean, going to verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. 
Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you in your personal life. He is with you on your job. He's with you with your family. He's with us here at Radius Church. But we have to meditate on his word day and night. As J.J. said, one of the D's, distractions. See, some of us need to pinpoint our distractions and write them down. And ask ourselves, how are we going to use God's word to beat that distraction? Hmm? What are we going to do? How are we going to beat that distraction? God has, he's the master of it all. He can master it. He can help you master it. He can help you have that self-control, that discipline, that faithfulness, that loyalty, that integrity. God can do it. But you just have to step out in faith and believe it. You got to want it. See, and the Bible says that man shall not eat by bread alone. Right? But by what? Every word that proceeds out of who? The mouth of God. Now, this was when Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights, right? And the devil came and said, man, I know you're hungry. You know, I, I know I can't do 40 days, 40 nights. <laughs> Some of us can't even do a day. <laughs> you got to eat. I'm hungry. I got a, I got a pain in my side. <laughs> oh, I'm thirsty or, you know, I got to eat. We get hungry, right? If your, your body tells you quick when you're hungry. We got to have our food. How much more do we have to feed our spiritual man, right? Because we, we feel it when it's out of control. Like when it started, that Holy Spirit said, hey, 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 something's going on here. You got, you got to get yourself together. You got to get some word in you, right? So how many of you like Golden Corral? Any Golden Corral fans or all-you-can-eat buffets? Now, I used to eat, I used to go to all-you-can-eat buffets a lot, right? And I used to wonder, like, how did I eat all that food? <laughs> you know, people like where I'm from, you know, everybody dressed up in their Sunday's best, and you don't get out of church to 2 o'clock, been there since 9.30 in the morning. That's why I've been radio church. We got out quick. Like, that's, so you, you at church all day, and then around 3 o'clock, the, the, all those people, that work there, they know when the church folks coming in. <laughs> they got to go stock up, get all their food right. They about to make a million dollars, $3.2 million or something on Sunday. They going to make some money. Golden Corral gets paid on Sundays, messing with church folks. In my culture, that's not everybody's culture where I'm from. Now, when you go up to that buffet, they got everything you need, right? They got fried chicken. We got some, they got some ribs, they got the collard greens, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, and then they got salads, the spinach, they got the peanuts, and they got dessert, they got soda, they got everything you need to body up your nutrition. You can choose nutrition, bad nutrition, or what? Good nutrition, right? But you got your choice. The word of God. It's like a buffet for your life. No matter what the difficulty is, no matter what the is, you can go to the buffet. You can go to the buffet and get it. 
But the question is, are you going to the buffet? Or you're going to your friends? Or you're going to yourself? See, God wants to be number one when times gets hard so he can reveal himself to you. And then he reveals himself to you and your situations, and then people see what God is doing, right? And then they glorify our Father in heaven. You become a light on the hill to be a light to the city, right? That's what God wants. So we have to encourage each other. The Apostle Paul says encourage each other daily, right? Stir up good works in one another. Stir up your gifts, your talents, what you have to offer to this community, what you have to offer to your family, your workplace. God is counting on you. You are his hands and his feet. And so he wanted the children of Israel to get the law. Now, the interesting thing about them going to get Ezra is that God was working in their hearts. See, Ezra didn't have to come and preach to them. They was hungry. They wanted it. So God was stirring in their hearts. See, God will put a passion for his word in your heart. He will do it. I don't know when it will happen, but it will happen. God is faithful. God is patient. God is working with us. God is not a slave driver. He's a motivator. He's gentle. He's kind. He's loving. Everything in the fruits of the Spirit is, is what God is or who God is. Back to Nehemiah 8. I'm going to be finishing up here soon. Verse 4, and Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they made for the purpose. And beside him stood, I'm not going to read all of these names. <laughs> but these were some of the leaders in the community that were backing the people. They're saying, hey, we agree that we want to hear God's word, and we as leaders are coming to stand by Ezra to show our support, that this is what we want. We want to hear God's word. We want to know God better. We want to know what God commands of us. Because as I said before, they were in exile. And I'm sure in between that time, some of God's word got lost in the hearts of the people because they were in exile for 70 years. So some generations had died. And so the younger people that's coming in to Jerusalem, they need to know what thus says the Lord. They needed to know how to command, how God would have them act and know God's commands. Right? Verse 5, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. Now, he wasn't above all the people as in he was better than all the people, but they had him up on a platform 
Because God's word is to be reverenced, right? We're, God's word is supposed to be respected. So he was up on a platform and they're looking up because of it's, it's God's word. For he was above all the people. I'm in verse 5. And as he opened it, all the people stood. Some of y'all have been to churches and people stand for God's word. And in some traditions, they do that because it's respect. Even in historic times when there was kings, when the kings would uh, come out, a lot of times the people would stand. Or even they would get on their knees and bow down because it's the king. So they're recognizing that God is our king, right? He's the king. So we stand up when we hear God's word because we got to respect the creator of heaven and earth. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, amen, amen. Why were they blessing them? Because God had did so much. He had brought them back out of exile. And they're in their own land, their own home, and God is connecting with them. And they're saying, hey, we want to bless God. Amen, amen. Lifting up their hands to God. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 7, here's some other names that I'm not going to go through. But this last part of the verse, it says in seven, verse 7, help the people to understand the law, all of these um, gentlemen here, while the people remained in their places. So a lot of these names here, they were Levites, they were priests, and they were interpreting God's word for the people. Question for you, can you interpret God's word to people? God wants you to be able to do that. You know how I do it? I pray. I say, God, I need to know what to say. I use commentaries. Or if I don't use a commentary, I'll pray and ask God for wisdom, and then I'll go look at the commentary, and I'm like, okay, I was right on. They say the same thing I'm saying. And so that confirms for me that God has given me some ability, because some people are very talented at teaching God's word, that I can teach his word. But you can teach God's word too. It is, it is not as difficult as some may think. Now, you don't always have to be in a pulpit to teach God's word, but but how many of you need to teach God's word to your children, right? How many of you need to be able to interpret God's word for yourself? How many of you need to be able to interpret God's word for your friends, for your family members, when you see people struggling, right? You can give them a word because God is interested in everybody you know. He cares for every single person. And then nobody can fool you when you can interpret God's word. See, false prophets can't, can't just come and tell you anything because there are some false teachers out there. There was false teachers in the Old Testament. There's false teachers now. Right? So if you don't know God's word, you can be, you can be tricked. There's all these different theologies out there these days. That people are taking on from even demons. So you have to know the word for yourself. 
verse 8, and then I'm wrapping up. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So my encouragement for you all, as I encourage myself, is to spend time with God. If you want to see God do some amazing things in your life, study God's word. Work at memorizing some scripture. I know that's a tough thing to do sometimes, but it takes time. You might have to take a 30, 30 minutes out of your day. Maybe it's an hour. You memorize scripture. That way you can put it in your heart that you may not sin, right? Because the Holy Spirit is working in you as you make choices throughout the day, but you have to have it in you. I was thinking one day, what if there was like a blackout or something and I couldn't use my, my, my Bible app and I didn't have a Bible? How many of us would really know God's word? Well, if we didn't have, because nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm so caught up on or hooked on the Internet that sometimes, like, I've lost some scripture memory because I kind of have type it in in a Google search, and the scripture comes up for me. <laughs> I don't even have to memorize where it's at sometimes, right? So I got to get better because I've allowed the Internet to, to be a crutch for me knowing where God's word is. His word. So just hope that, I hope that you're encouraged. Please know God loves you. He has a plan for Radius Church. He has a plan for your life. He wants to take you to the next level, but you have to study his word. Be excited about God's word. I know it's not always easy. Some days it's going to be exciting and easy. Some days it's going to be a grind. Then some days it's going to be indifferent, right? But if we want success, he says you have to meditate on his word day and night. Then shall you be, then shall you prosper. We can't prosper if we don't put the work in because that will make God a liar. In his word, he don't lie. Some things are conditional. Some things are conditional. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. But we have to abide in his word. Now, I'm not saying he's going to just give us mentions and, you know, things of that nature. Lots and lots of money. But if that's God's plan for you, that's cool. That's cool too. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word and what it means. Lord, let us do the hard work the difficult work of reading your word, praying, and being obedient to your word. May we get on our knees and pray when we need to get in our secret closet and pray. Because your word says, if we pray in our secret closet, you will reward us openly, Lord, with what you will have for us. So, Lord, this is very difficult, Lord. It is very difficult for us to not be distracted and be so busy with all the things we can be busy with. Help us 
find time just to really meditate on your word so we can have the success that you desire for us, the prosperity that you desire for us in our homes, in the workplace, here as a fellowship together, Radius Church, the Dream Center. May we humble ourselves, Lord, that you may increase, Lord, and knowing that you will exalt us in due time. In Jesus' name, amen.